I barfed up bubble bath. Yeah, I was there. Thank you for the update. We can forget about the party because guess what? We're probably getting arrested instead. No way. I didn't put on underwear for nothing. Mariner, thank the gods whom I worship that you're alive. Shut <laughs> up. If you don't tell me where that party is, I'm telling security I know who those disruptors belong to. But you would get arrested too. Yeah, and then we'd both be in the same cell. Just you and me. All right, all right. I'll send you the location. But you still owe me. I owe a foot up your ass. Ballroom Alpha? Oh, that's where all the big parties are. How is that even a secret? to Deep Space Pride, a gay Star Trek podcast. My name is Mike. I am one of your hosts. And with me is Johnson, my co-host. Hi, Johnson. Mike. Hey, Mike. How are you? I am doing Sickly. better. Sickly. I'm, yes, I'm fighting whatever I have. and But I'm doing all right. I'm Every day is a little bit better. So uh, we were supposed to record yesterday, but I was just I had no energy. So. It's not COVID, though. It's like something else. It is not COVID. Um, although I did That's get great. another COVID test today just because. But, it's for shits uh, and giggles. Yes. Um, and you're clear. No, it's a 24-hour test, so I'll find oh. out tomorrow. So, But I'm sure it's not because the rapid was negative. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's a cold or uh, or actually it's more sinusy. So it's just, uh, yeah. It's been a rough uh, couple of weeks, so. Really? It's been a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would say that this started about two weeks ago, so. I get it together. Like, you know, you know yeah. <laughs> but you've still, been, together. you've still been doing your marathon training, which is admirable. Yeah, so it's weird because my everything from my neck below or below, like where my shoulder, I mean, my shoulders down feels fine, but it's my head, my neck and up that has. Wow. Um, if only and, we could replace that. Yes, right. Or yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, again. Yeah, marathon training is continuing. Um, so I hope to have this kicked before our longest run to date on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then we start uh, upping the numbers next week. So, yeah. God. But we have a plan, and so far I'm sticking to it. And, uh, yeah, we are seven and a half weeks away from from doing this half, half marathon. So Seven and a half weeks away from November. Yes, uh, November, but not, uh, not quite November 18th when Discovery lands. But we'll be in the middle of uh, midst of Prodigy at that point. Yes. October 22nd or something? Yeah, I think somewhere around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we haven't talked. I mean, we recorded last right before we literally went (laughs) right before we went literally right to watching the uh, what was it? Three, four hour long broadcast. It was from was it? It was from eight. Was it eight thirty? Eight thirty to eight thirty to like eleven thirty. Okay, yeah. So it was like three hours. It was like the Oscars. 
Yeah, so oh, it definitely felt like the Oscars. Gosh, it just yes. didn't stop. It did no. not. No, it kept on going, and uh, yeah. But uh, we have a lot to catch up on on that. So yeah, why we do. don't we start uh, start? Well, first of all, before we even talk about Star Trek Day today, not today, but this this episode is our one year anniversary episode of launching this podcast. It is happy anniversary, Mike. Happy anniversary, Johnson. So it's been one year. We've been uh, we've been podcasting before we actually officially launched, but correct. Uh, but we officially launched a year ago Correct. on, uh, oddly enough on our first episode went live on Friday, September 11th, 2020. Oh, did it? Uh, yeah, it did. Um, uh, so this is a little what bit I over mean? a year. Uh, but, um, yeah. So what's, uh, what has been a highlight of the last year for you? Yeah, I was trying to find one specific highlight but you know mike honestly it's all about spending all this quality time with you <laughs> lols it's Lol. true it's true um you know i always look forward to us chatting about star trek you are one of the few friends i have that really is like a knowledgeable and i think i even said this when we first on in our first recording um i just i have some friends that are familiar with Star Trek. They've watched like a few episodes, maybe even a couple of seasons if you're lucky. But honestly, there aren't that many uh, friends of mine that have actually gotten so deep into the mythology where we talk about memory alpha all the time. Like no one does that. Like at least like none of my friends do that. Um, like no one will know what memory alpha is other than you. So honestly, it's been a great experience um, doing this podcast with you. And I just, I mentioned this to you before we started recording. As everyone knows, I complain about being in back-to-back -back meetings all the time. I'm constantly on Zoom meetings for work. Uh, this is one of the few Zoom meetings that doesn't feel draining to me. So, <laughs> you know, it's actually fun. So, yeah, you know, that is really, I think, one of the uh, overall highlights of the past year for me. You know, I, I know what you're talking about, and, and I do have a separate highlight, but it was funny. I went to lunch with a friend uh, on Sunday, and I mentioned the podcast, and he has watched Star Trek before. But when I said, uh, "Oh yeah, this summer," because we hadn't seen each other in a couple of months, I said, "Yeah, I got to interview Doug Jones," and he was like, mm -hmm. "Who's that?" Right. And I was like, "Oh yeah, I forgot that." You know, for the most part, my friends have a passing experience with Star Trek. Right. Uh, so it's definitely nice to talk with someone who has a passion for this as much as I do. So, mm. um, but on top of that, I mean, you know, there, there are definitely some great call out episodes that I enjoy, like our coming out episode for coming out day last year. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. We did uh, first contact day. We right. did uh, when we got a bunch of teasers, nothing, no, no big trailers, but it's just a bunch of teasers for that. And then, uh, you know, it actually meant a lot to me to do that solo recording for um, the Day of Remembrance for the uh, Pulse, Pulse, Pulse mm -hmm. nightclub. So right. and just having a platform to be able to share that uh, was great. Um, and then also going to Las Vegas. I mean, even though it was, was yeah, it was fun. It was it, fun. You know, it was a uh, there were some some things we wished had been better. Mm -hmm. uh, it was still fun no to kidding. go. It, it was still fun to go there. Uh, but I have to say that the top highlight from the past year 
was getting to talk to Doug Jones on my cell phone, looking out <laughs> in over Waikiki Beach, uh, and uh, unfortunately failing to be able to record it on our end. Uh, but uh, thankfully, the uh, the wonderful people at the PR firm were able to record it. Um, yeah. So my hope is that we'll eventually get to have a nice longer conversation with him at some point where we can see him and he can see us and we can do a really good job of interviewing him. But uh, that was definitely the the highlight because he uh, he Doug Jones is as advertised one of the nicest guys in the world. And uh, I do think it's uh, it's endemic of the whole Star Trek Discovery cast, especially that they are mm. extremely fan friendly. Um, they have been from the beginning. Uh, you know, I just saw the news that they are going to do a panel for both Discovery and Prodigy at New York Comic Con next month. Oh, cool. Um, Wait, when is New York Comic Con? It's uh, over the Indigenous Peoples holiday weekend. So Okay, that doesn't really help me. Formerly Columbus Day. So I also don't know when Columbus Day is. Oh, uh, October 11th. Okay, there we go. Um, so <laughs> that took a lot of work. Sorry, you know, I don't know the exact dates. I think it's October 8th, 7th or 8th through the 11th or, or the maybe just the 10th. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, they're having those panels and I've been to a couple of them in the past. And the cast was really, you know, even though you didn't get a meet and greet with the cast, uh, they're just a fun cast to see. They really do love each other. They're super friendly. And and one of the panels that I saw, Michelle Yeoh jumped out of the uh, out of the uh, crowd and mm-hmm. right, uh, yeah, says on, and she was like incognito, and she said, "Are you going to bring back?" uh captain Giorgio, and of course as we found out that season they right. did bring her back so um but uh i'm ex- you know talking to doug jones was awesome and exciting uh even though it was you know it was just a short 15 minute conversation but that was a lot of fun to make happen even while on vacation so uh yeah so it's been a great year and i'm looking forward hopefully we can book some more interviews in the coming year uh, fingers crossed hopefully. Uh, and uh, meet some people. Hopefully, uh, hopefully Chicago, the Mission Chicago Star Trek convention will be uh, exciting for us. I'm excited for that. Hope. I'm excited. It's only Thank three you. days. Well, and three I'm excited, days, you know, I'm excited to, you know, I think Will Wheaton, well, we'll not think Will Wheaton's going to be there. Uh, Anthony right. Rapp is going to be there. So I'm really going to, we're going to go prepared to talk to these people this time around. So, and really try, try our best to, to, mm-hmm. uh, to get them on the show. But uh, yeah. So I will bring my unbridled enthusiasm. To <laughs> and you're hopefully we'll, we'll get some business cards or something and some feel a little yeah. bit more legitimate uh, as podcasters and sure. say, this is our podcast and hold up our business cards. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. This was a big Star Trek day. This was actually live in person in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and Where did we have it? What was the location? I, I, I feel I heard it, but I don't know. Oh, remember. I don't even know. I uh, did not recognize the venue, though. 
No, it was somewhere in, I mean, somewhere in LA and, and you know, that we were texting back and forth as the show was going on and we are like, they're, they, they keep on doing these long delays and, um, you know, at the end it, it seemed like my, my, my impression was that Patrick Stewart was supposed to be there and that something either, you know, some traffic snafu or something happened because they went on well there was no picard panel it was jerry ryan coming up being sorry patrick can't be here here's a trailer that was it yeah that was it and it was seemed yeah so it's kind of awkward yeah it was a bit awkward um and that's sort of how it wrapped up yeah i mean we can i think we're, we're gonna go through each of the shows and talk about our thoughts on each of the panels slash trailers but I know that we also kind of want to talk about just general thoughts. And one of my general thoughts was that it was way too long, especially when we were treated to, it was like 40 minutes with these tweens or something. I don't even know how old they are. Right. And I was just like, if I need to hear you read one more tweet, I will fucking (laughs) murder you. Yeah. Like I will stab you two in the face. Like it was just like, it was too much. It was like, I appreciate the occasional sidebar. But right. it was just kind of annoying. They're not even like big Trek fans. Like they, they kind of know like some of the shows. Like one of them, I think, was a Lower Decks fan. But it was kind of like it was like one point they were showing the um, Strange New Worlds trailer, and then one of them was like, "Oh yeah, that character looks." I don't, I don't remember who it was. I was like, "Oh my god, not prepared, not prepared." Yeah, they. Um, they it was just, I would like, say they weren't. They, the- they were talking about like Nurse Chapel, but. They couldn't, they couldn't think, like, think of the name. It was like yes. embarrassing. I was just like, all right, get them off, get them off the stage. Like, yeah, yeah, promised, it was a little. Was like, it was like, and, you know, you and I were going back and forth. And the thing is, there's this live YouTube chat and everyone is like, they are literally just buying time for something. It, yeah. It's just like they're burning time. Yeah. And according, you know, according to pictures posted during the event from backstage, I mean, Jerry Ryan was there the whole time. So it just seemed like from from my perspective, I think they were drawing it out, thinking that maybe Patrick was going to make it or could. And eventually they were like, well, we got to end this. And yeah, I mean, that that, that 40 minutes was, you know, they reshowed the trailers. That they had already <laughs> That's right. They reshowed the trailers. Um, I was like, watching this again. Right. So it was just, yeah, it was, uh, there were definitely some things, you know, I would have much rather had like Will and Mika on stage doing just one-on-one interviews with, with some of the casts who were, who were, who were there, like doing a little bit more like one-on-one or, or talking with, you know, they had these breaks, you know, Ciroc Lofton did uh, a little thing on DS9 uh, that was recorded, though I think, or or he he. It was very. Was, you know, he was he was on stage. It was just very scripted. It just felt like he was reading off a teleprompter. Or something. Oh no, Ciroc, No, uh, Anthony Montgomery was on stage. Oh, I thought Ciroc, Ciroc was also on no, stage. No, Ciroc was on video. Uh, oh, he was. Yeah, so I don't oh. know if he was. You know, oh, I need to, in or, I need to rewatch the whole thing. I don't remember. I mean, I I was cooking dinner at that time, or you know, I was eating, and so I wasn't. Um, I was probably actually talking to Dennis while while this was all going on, so all right, well. I, I missed the DS9 part of it. But but I will say, oh, backing up even to the beginning, I thought Jeff Russo did a great job. It was great to hear all those themes. Yes, I like the medley at the beginning. That was yeah, great. That was good. Um, I mean the 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 playing of each of the intros was fine. I mean that was like whatever. 
So I really did like that they played uh, Captain Archer's theme versus Faith of the Heart, uh, which, you know, is generally panned as a theme song for it would have been interesting for them to weave it in somehow. But I understand. I I mean, he, you know, Jeff Rousseau is a great composer, so I, I, you know, he could have done that, but uh, they did not. I I do really like the because the Captain Archer's theme is actually what they ended every episode with is what they played over the 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 credits. credits. So um, it's, you know, it's it's essentially the the theme of Enterprise anyway. But yeah. um, So that, you know, Anthony Montgomery did a great job. But again, yeah, all these little vignettes were really like written by someone and people yeah it was just, just very dry and i was like i wish yeah. it, was, it was a little bit less stiff yeah i mean i think it, it would have been felt, sometimes it just felt very like literally like you're reading off a teleprompter yeah and they were and uh absolutely and uh, you know i think i think it would have been better served if mika and will had traded on and off interviewing these people and and you then, know. but the thing is, they also had like some banter that was very scripted. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like cringeworthy. Yeah. yeah. This is like, this is not funny. Well, this is sort of like, you know, how everything, you know, when you see live TV, these are sort of the things that happen. Like, you have a very firm script so that nobody goes off book and says something they shouldn't, i.e., usually, you know, inappropriate language. But. Yeah. Um, being that this is on Paramount Plus and not anywhere else, or maybe it was on YouTube too, but it was on YouTube. It was oh, while well, live stream on YouTube, I think, and also Facebook and Twitter. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think so. But, uh, you know, there are no censors for those platforms, really. So I don't, you know, the scripted nature of it was a little bit overkill, in my opinion. But, yeah. Um, because, you know, at least we'll, it was we'll, live. We'll it wasn't all just like pre recorded and edited, which I think would be even worse. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Like, last year's was very, um, was even more scripted to the point where it was, you know, edited to, to almost uh, a boring level, to be honest. But, right. um, but anyway, so let's get into, so I think, what do we, what do we start out with? I think they went right into Prodigy, right? Yeah. Uh, Prodigy was the first one. We got to see a um we got to meet some of the cast we got to meet some of the um i think the the creators of the show and uh maybe the director one of the directors um yeah he was like a total dilf i was just like he's kind of yeah. hot yeah the uh the internet agreed with you he was uh very uh very dilfy in fact um, yeah i was like mm. but uh, yes um so Prodigy, we got to see the full trailer uh, thanks to Kate Mulgrew beaming in on video as well, uh, mm-hmm. introducing it. Uh, so what did you think of the the Prodigy trailer? Yeah, no, I thought the Prodigy trailer looked great. Um, it, it hit a lot of great beats. Um, it was great to see holographic Janeway. It was great to see some of the action and the character interactions it, i actually am looking forward to prodigy the more i see prodigy the more i'm looking forward to it it just looks like it's really well done really high production values a lot of people are saying how it's basically how it's star trek's version of like clone wars or whatever yes and yeah. i think that you know i would hope that they are able to garner the younger audience which is the whole point here but i feel there's enough there for 
us older fans also enjoy. I mean, I'm liking all the trailers and first looks, so I'm definitely going to watch it, you know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's Clone Wars esque because Clone Clone Wars was really serious. I would say that this is more Star Wars Rebels. Okay, I've never uh, seen Rebels. You know, oh, okay, Rebel, Rebels is a little bit more kid friendly. Okay, uh, it's yeah. You know, my my Clone opinion. Was not uh, I, I love Clone Wars. Was kind of kid friendly. You don't think so? Uh, Clone serious? Wars, I thought was much more serious. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I think Rebels did get more serious as time went on, but Mm -hmm. it was always from Ezra Bridger's uh, perspective. And so it kind of brought the kids into it, whereas Clone Wars was always about Anakin and Obi-Wan and the clones. So, um, but, uh, you know, the the analogy is true. Uh, They are hoping that this is sort of the the big one that uh, brings in the next generation of viewers. Uh, but it, you, I would agree. Like the the animation is spot, like just yeah, beautiful. Really great, yeah. Really beautiful. Uh, I I do love the theme. Uh, I obviously Michael uh, Giacchino. Giacchino. I say Giacchino. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Don't know. Oh, yes. Uh, I I couldn't remember the pronunciation, um, but his uh, his score is excellent. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm excited to see the because um, it looks like again. I'm wondering if if they're gonna do what they did with Discovery, which is they released the the opening opening theme for Discovery without all of the words on it. And I'm wondering if this will if this is how it's gonna be final or if it's going to be. Oh, you mean um, the opening sequence? Yeah, the opening sequence. Whether they're Ooh. gonna have the names of the people who are playing them. But anyway, uh, but the trailer was excellent, definitely intriguing, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, did you see there was like a quick flash of a Kazon? I was like, great, my favorite species. Oh, I hate Kazon. I hate the Kazon. I hate um, Kazon. I can't, don't even get me started. Yeah, uh, but we're definitely in the Delta Quadrant. No, oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. I, you know, it's it wouldn't be you know out of place, I guess. And the protostar looks great. There are some rumors flying around when it comes to why it's basically in a cave. And some people are thinking that it does have some cloaking phasing technology, maybe very similar to the Pegasus, but maybe more refined that got it stuck there. So I'm interested to see definitely the whole mythology of why we have the protostar and Delta Quadrant, how it got stranded there and what the deal with that is. So yeah, Very I'm wondering if it's not a if it, if it wasn't just thinking about this is totally just came to me. I'm wondering if it's not a wasn't a rescue vessel for Voyager. I wonder if that's what it was. Uh, and no, is this what when is supposed to take place? Do you know, Paji? No, I don't. Year know exact year. No. Yeah, I'm not sure. So, um, well, the thing is, if you have like holographic Captain Janeway. You know, I would imagine that that was a monument to her only after she came back from the from the Delta Quadrant. Like, oh, why possibly, would they create yeah. like? A, why would anyone? I'm sorry, but pre getting stranded in the Delta Quadrant, why would anyone decide to make Janeway the like emergency training program? You know, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, well, we'll we'll find out on October 22nd. But that, that looks exciting, and the cast was, you know, they were. They were happy to be there. They're they're excited about the show and people and the director's hot and the director's so. hot. Uh, the creators uh, definitely um, 
are have enjoyed this process working with the, the crew with the cast especially Janeway I mean just the back and forth with creating these characters especially Janeway um, yeah seem very collaborative so um yeah so there's Prodigy uh mm. and that's coming up next so very soon yeah um I'm wondering if there's going to be a week gap week gap between I think so. Uh, I think lower decks yeah. and because uh, we've only got five episodes left of lower decks. Yeah, I think there is a week gap actually. Unless there's some surprise and we get an eleventh episode or something, but no, dubious. I'm fine with sure. a week gap. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. So it's just um, odd because we're gonna have a week gap and then Prodigy is gonna overlap Discovery. So I'm like, yeah. all right, whatever. Yeah, it's a uh, the scheduling is definitely interesting this year. We're not. They're not promoting 23 weeks like they did last year mm -hmm. of uh, uninterrupted Star Trek. So and it, and it's sort of, you know, I I still go back to what Alex Kurtzman said. He he wanted Star Trek on 52 weeks a year, you know, so it's it's kind of an odd thing. But uh, maybe wait, but Mike, what are we going to do? There's going to be like four weeks where we have two episodes of Star two Trek to talk about. That's going to uh, be a I lie. Mean, that is going to be a lot. I mean, that's why we're here doing this because we love to talk about Star Trek. So, uh, well, two episodes is going to be a lot to talk about. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you already so, can't shut us up, and we're just talking. Yeah, about and we just Whatever. talked about one of five shows that we're about to talk about for Star Trek Day. Yeah. Um. So let's move on to Strange New Worlds. You had a lot of uh, thoughts and opinions about this. Did I panel, about the panel aspect of it? Oh, um, and just, just yeah, how awkward the, it was, the panel right? It was awkward. I just felt that it was very stiff because I, you know, I think you're right because Miko would ask a question and then there would just be a long pause. And then it's like, who's, you know, who's, who's going to talk and what are they going to say? I feel like they were kind of like trying to figure it out. And I think you're right. Maybe it is that they were just not sure what to say, what to spill. Yeah. But at the same time, it just felt the, the pacing of it was very poor. <laughs> like, I was just like, this feels very awkward. The yep. announcement trailer, we didn't get a real trailer, but we got basically a, a character introduction trailer was great. I was like, oh my God, I'm very excited. Yeah, I am too. Uh, some great uh, throwbacks. Uh, uh, obviously, we, we have the big three. Uh, number one, Una. But it's a big cast. It's like nine characters. Yeah. It's like yeah. a really large cast. Yeah, we've got Anson as Pike. We've got uh, Rebecca Romaine as, as number Una? one. As what? Una. She has Nino. Yeah, she's Una. Yeah. Yeah. So, which was in the novels. Oh, really? Yes. So, uh, so the, some, they did a, uh, I want to say maybe it was five years ago, maybe not. But oh. for the 50th anniversary, they did this three book series called uh, Legacies or something like that. Oh, and her name was in there. And oh. so I think um, that's the first time that they had given her a name. She had a oh. she had a primary role, I think, uh, if I'm recalling it correctly, in the first of those books. Oh, interesting. Um, and maybe it wasn't the 50th anniversary. I can't remember. I think it was, though. But um, now it's official. Uh, but now it's official, but it was okay. also in the so her name was on screen in one of on one of the pads 
Oh, really? Uh, either in Discovery or in the short treks. I forget where. So oh, it was okay. It was on cool. there. So it, it was already kind of canonized. Oh. Uh, but yes, we, we've got Rebecca Romaine as Una. And then we have, obviously, um, Ethan Peck as Spock. But then we, we meet the rest of the cast, which is really exciting. Yeah. Uh, I was very surprised. I did not expect to see a cadet O'Hora or no that was probably yeah. the most exciting i was like part of what that. yeah very uh, what an honor you know what an honor to put that into the show i i think that and the direct you know the the creators of or the directors of showrunners i don't know what their title is but we're like very excited to to kind of talk about the or not they didn't say much really but they mm-hmm. were excited to be able to throw a lot of these little tidbits in Right, including Cadet Uhura, but also Nurse Chapel, mm-hmm. um, Doctor Mabenga, uh, and, and uh, it was funny. The one thing that was funny was that Rebecca said when she she meets when she's in a scene with Christine, she does not like the universe does not explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so funny. Since they were both played by Majel. Um, right. Yeah, I appreciate that they're dipping into these characters that honestly, you know, even Ahura, even though Ahura was a major character, we didn't really get that much of her backstory. Like, we know right. actually very little about her. Yeah. So I think that that character is really ripe for exploration. Yep. And I'm totally fine with them making her like a cadet on the Enterprise, even though it's supposed to be like eight, nine years before the T, you know, the TOS era. I think that's fine. I'm okay with it. Some people are like, does that timing work? I'm like, it's fine. I'm okay with it. You know? Yeah, I'm not really going to play in my head with that kind of stuff and worry about that too, too much. Uh, but yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, you know, seeing Dr. Mabenga and uh, Christine Chapel is great. Uh, you got some looks at the new uniforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, which definitely look kind of like more relaxed. Yeah. Look a little bit looser. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple that, you know, there's there. It looks like they have a couple of different styles, so mm-hmm. uh, which is great. Uh, we meet a new Lana, Lana, Laan, Laan, Noonien Singh. Yes. Which, <laughs> which is, will be very interesting. Yes, uh, that is. And this is I'm going to say this. That was a mind fuck. And I do not understand that or like out of everything that made the least amount of sense to me. Uh, so there's that. Um, and then, you know, they have a blind actor playing a blind Anar. An Anar, which I love the Enterprise throwback. Yep, that was great. And then we have... Um, Hammer. That's the character. Hammer. Hammer, yes. Yeah. And... Uh, we meet someone else, a lieutenant. Um, yeah, I don't remember her name. Erica Ortiz or something like that, I want to say. Um, I did not take notes. Again, not don't know too much about her either. So not a lot of information. We we meet the cast, but we don't mm-hmm. really know outside of, you know, Christine Chapel and Dr. Mabenga what people yeah. are doing. So. Honestly, this one, this this. Uh character reveal is probably my my favorite like out of all the trailers or first looks or whatever we got i this this gave me the most excitement because it it looked great i mean even though it wasn't a full trailer the characters look great i love the new characters we're introduced to i feel that there's a lot of potential 
Yeah. And I'm very excited for Strange New Worlds. It's yeah. not going to premiere, though, until some random date in 2022. So they still aren't giving us something more solid. Yeah, so. it's uh, pretty far away. So for, for that's a long time to be excited and wait. I mean, we don't even have a trailer. So they must right. be... But then they finish filming? Oh, yeah, they finished months ago. So I mean, that's that's know. what I'm not really understanding. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what the thought process is here. So I would have, um, yeah, I would have hoped for at least a trailer, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I am too. I think that that is, uh, you're right. That's the one I'm most excited about, but it's also the one we have the longest wait for. So, Correct. Correct. Uh, so then, uh, then we had some lower decks. Uh, a lower decks panel and they're always funny and hilarious and uh you know i actually i told you this while we were watching it i've got a little bit of a crush on rutherford's voice actor um eugene cordero why uh, is that i think it's fine. i don't know he's just i he actually you know his voice he just embodies rutherford's so well and and uh, it's just I don't know. It's, it was great. He's also really enthusiastic and just he is a great energy, yes. you know. So um, obviously Jerry O'Connell was Jerry Paul like onto rolled stage. onto the stage. That was funny. Yes. And then uh, I kind of felt bad because Mika didn't really have many questions prepared for him because obviously it was kind of last minute. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't exactly. going, he wasn't totally part of the panel. Yeah. So I was like, oh, he's kind of there, but you know, they're not really asking him questions. So yeah, I, you know, I think. Uh, I think if if CBS uh, slash or sorry if Paramount Plus is listening to us, I think that maybe a little more flexibility on questions and uh, you know a little more yeah. Why didn't they invite him to the for... panel? I don't understand. He's like he's a he's a regular character. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and, and especially since Rebecca Romaine was there, why wouldn't they expect? Jerry O'Connell to be there as well. So yeah. must have been a last minute ad. You know, maybe he couldn't come and then he could come at the last minute. So maybe. who knows? Um, again, you know, going back to this whole thing about it being slightly too staged uh, yeah. to some extent with the questions and everything. And then so staged that, you know, they went into that 40 minute hellhole oh my uh, back on the red carpet. But anyway, the worst um, 40 minutes I'll never get back. Yes, that is true. Um, but uh, we got to see a mid-season trailer for Lower Decks. A lot going on. There is a lot going on. Uh, too much to even think about right now, other than you get to see a Borg. Yeah. So there's some Borg action. and I uh, think you get a Crystalline Entity as well. Oh, really? Oh. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot in it. There was a lot in yeah. it. Uh and we'll, we'll get a new episode tomorrow on anyway. So that'll be. Um, that'll episode be six. Good. We're more episode than halfway. Six. Yeah, we are more than halfway. Yeah. Uh, sadly, uh, you know, and we are going to talk about episode five in a little bit. So <laughs> eventually, eventually. Uh, so that was Lower Decks. Uh, they're funny. They they are. Yeah, they're much more like compared to Stranger Worlds. They were definitely relaxed, very comfortable. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it also helps that I think they're, it's a funny show. They, you know, it's, you know, other shows are so serious. Like every other show is like very, very serious. serious. And yep. Lower Decks, they can just joke around and poke fun at each other, you know? Yep. No, it's definitely, you know, next to the Discovery cast, I would say that the Lower Decks cast is by far the closest. Yeah, that makes uh, sense. You know, so. 
uh, and uh, Tani and Jack did join via video. Uh, mm. It's funny because I knew that Tani wasn't going to be there because I follow her on Instagram and she was off gallivanting in some foreign country doing some trips. So, uh, okay. uh, and I think Jack was finishing up The Boys season three. So, oh, I still haven't watched all season two. I have not watched season two either. Um, I think it was too real when it came out. It was just too real. Oh, too real. <laughs> it's too triggering uh too triggering for the middle of the pandemic uh, yeah. i don't know that it's any better now but um so yeah so i knew that they wouldn't be there but um but yeah eugene was there um uh, mm-hmm. so it was just yeah they're they're just a they're a fun and funny cast and bunch. they yeah. yeah they really just enjoy each other uh i think in the same way that the discovery cast does as well so um well then we move into discovery and we had our fam there our our three yeah it was all about chosen family chosen family yes and uh so wilson blue and ian were there together Mm -hmm. um you know it's funny i don't remember a lot about this part of the panel uh and i don't know why maybe i was i don't remember much about it either i kind of i'll be honest i kind of tuned out at that point, because I, mean, I was maybe, like, maybe this it needs, was the problem is by that point, I was like, this needs to this, this needs to wrap up. Like it was really dragging. At this yeah, point. it was. And I was starting to multitask and do other things around the house. Yeah, because I was just like, when is this ending? Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. I was probably multitasking or, you know, whatever. It was just definitely by that point, you know, it's good to see them. It was good to see them. And great. Oh, yeah, Michelle Paradise was also on stage, right? Michelle, yes, she was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, chosen family is definitely a a theme for discovery, and and certainly and think, for the three I of think, them. I, I think another reason why I didn't I don't remember much about it is because I don't think they they didn't really reveal anything. We didn't get like a new trailer, um, right? We didn't get anything. I don't think. I so. don't think. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe that's why we were kind of uh, you yeah, know there, there was no new trailer. Attention. Yeah. Um, I think they tread a lot of old ground. They talk about how you know, they're going to have Gray become visible again or something like that. Right, like, yeah. But we've heard that before. So I'm like, yeah. all right, whatever. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, I mean, it was great to have them there. I, you know, unfortunately, yes, I don't think they dropped a lot of hints about things. Right. Uh, I do want to say, and and that something happened in the, in the audience. Someone made a derogatory uh, word. Right, yeah. or, I heard about that. I didn't. I didn't hear it during the broadcast, but I, heard I don't think it, it was. I don't think it made the broadcast because it's you know someone yelling it from the audience, uh, with you know. But I was really shocked by that. I was surprised, yeah. and and Wilson, especially this Wilson, audience. I'm like, that's really odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wilson played it off. I mean, so I, I saw it through social media, mainly on Wilson's uh, Instagram. I think he he had posted something, uh. Because his smile, he was still smiling though. Like he right. didn't lose a beat. He's such a professional. He um, just kept on going. Um, but I can't imagine, you know, that's hard to imagine. That's really hard to believe that something like that wouldn't happen. And Yeah, it's like, it's in LA. <laughs> it's yeah. a Star Trek event. Like, come on. You yeah, know? exactly. And um, obviously it was very selective. Like, you know, only like 200 people went because they were trying to meet COVID restrictions. So yep. it wasn't like they were just inviting people off the street. 
So that yeah. is very surprising to me. Yeah, that it, it happened in this particular venue. Yeah, exactly. I don't, uh, I don't understand it either. And um, hopefully, that person is never in, was discovered who it was and was never invited back again. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, that's really unfortunate that uh, that happened during that. Definitely panel. suboptimal. And yeah, I mean, but but I also I also think it's just a reminder for everyone out there why we have a gay Star Trek podcast, ours, mm -hmm. why people are, why we continue to have gay pride. These are, re these are the reasons because there is still ignorance and hate out there. Right. And uh, sure. until, until we, until we reala realize that our humanity is what brings us together and not what keeps us apart at a la Star Trek, um, mm. you know, it's uh it's there's still work to be done so yeah definitely um, it's just yeah i think really I surprising think, it happened there yeah i agree you know and i think uh this you know since we don't both remember this panel too too well other than our you know uh it's probably worth a watch but honestly we've been i've been too busy and and whatnot but um you know i, I think it's it's hard when you're in production. I mean, they had just wrapped production and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I know Doug Jones had just gotten home was probably still uh, quarantining with his, with his family. Um, and, you know, so it was just the three of them. I know Anthony was uh, back. Anthony Rapp was back here in New York doing something. Oh, um, mm -hmm. so, you know, only the three of them could really make it. Um, but right, right. Uh, I think it's 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 hard to do a panel when your show isn't out and you don't want to spoil anything. Mm -hmm. um, but no, uh, they did they did they must have shown something because we got the date of November eighteenth. I think so that was it. They they I think they it. just mentioned the date. Okay. I don't think we saw. I don't. I really don't recall seeing anything. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It's it's all. It seems a blur at this point, <laughs> and then. And then, and then I think it was after that panel, right? We went into the forty-minute black hole of hell. Uh, no, no, the no. After this panel was the was the Roddenberry panel. Oh, right, with Space Mom and Space Son, which is always nice to see. Yeah, Rod no, Roddenberry. the forty-minute red carpet thing. That I think that was before like Lower Decks or something. It was like kind of in the middle. Oh, I feel like it was more towards the end. But see wow. again. Well, who cares? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so there was the Roddenberry panel uh, on the 100th anniversary of Gene Roddenberry's mm -hmm. uh, birth, right? Which was nice. But at this point, I was really, really over <laughs> the whole event. So yeah. I was like, oh, my God, why are they like dragging this out? And why have we not seen Picard yet? Like, this yeah. is really what I just wanted to be over. Yeah. No, we were all waiting for Picard. And then... Because by this time, it was like 11 something East Coast. Like, yeah. I was just like, my God. Yep. Um, yeah. And then at the, you know... See, I feel like they... What happened... I think we had that. Then we had the 40-minute carpet thing. And then they came no, back with so. Jerry I'm like, Ryan. I'm like 90% positive that the red carpet happened sooner. Because by the end of the Roddenberry panel, Will Wheaton was like, oh, we're running out of time. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then they rushed Jerry Ryan on. Okay. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, we can rewatch the whole thing <laughs> and we can. Gosh, no. I, I didn't, yeah. Yeah. Just we did not. We, we did not. Uh, anyway, that part was painful. We 
came to the end of the show and the, it was just inviting Jerry Ryan, the only member of Picard to be there. Uh, and like she, she literally yeah. came on stage for like two minutes. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. And introduced the, the trailer that we got for season two of Picard. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I just watched it again right before we started recording. And so, um, yeah, I, um, you know what, why don't you go first? Why don't you tell me, what your thoughts were on this trailer uh because i've already given you my thought i was very yeah you had you had a lot of notes and i I had a lot of notes you had a lot lot of notes and you were i didn't really hear much about your thoughts so i'm interested to hear what you thought about the trailer yeah after watching it again you know i had i watched it we watched it the same time on the live stream you were then uh proliferate in your thoughts on that <laughs> i was vocal. Uh, i didn't i don't even think i had time to process it you so. didn't say anything you didn't respond no to i didn't comments. i didn't know what to think one one it was the end of the night and i was exhausted i understand i, I was i was literally in bed on my I'm only hearing excuses this. but fine yes Continue. anyway i was tired but uh after watching this again um and and since then i've i've heard other people's opinions on this and whatnot um yeah i'm a little i'm a little uh surprised by the tactic on this and uh twofold one you know obviously obviously uh bringing q into it is an interesting word but continue well i mean bringing q into it i was thinking you know like yes you know when he when he's been before he causes chaos and and that's fine but it's usually more of a like more fun but you know like a little less serious and this got really dark and serious really fast like um you know you see a building exploding in the trailer you see this author author is a little bit darker though you know it is yeah yeah absolutely yeah you know I, i i was kind of i guess my here let me back up I guess at the end of season one, my hope was, okay, we have a new crew. We have some adventures. There's a whole 2399 slash 2400 universe to explore. Right. Um, Great. Here we go. What kind of trouble are we going to get into? Because one, we know the Romulans are out there. Two, we know that the rest of the Enterprise crew is out there. Three, you know, Picard has a whole new body. So let's just explore 2400 in the star trek universe but no we're going to go back to earth we're going to reset time uh we're going to go to to uh 2020 or 2021 or whatever yeah Yeah. uh we're going to drive in a car and do some action in the streets of la we're going to see this totalitarian regime and of which Picard seems to be the leader of. Right, right. Uh, we do get the fact that his entire crew is aware of the changes, mm-hmm. which is another interesting slash weird slash I don't know. Well, I'll accept Dodge slash Soji. Uh, she doesn't seem to be part of the remembrances i don't know she didn't see i'm not sure yeah it's hard to say Uh, i'm not really thrilled about the totalitarian so the the two things i'm really not thrilled about are the totalitarian world that that is now existent because of q snap and two going back to 
the 21st century a la present day us uh, and having to do anything now my only hope and as watching this as much as uh, uh, for only the second time only moments ago i would say that my hope is that we have seen like parts of half of the season mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know that these these little side quests as you like to call them the side quests in the 21st century i mm-hmm. hope to god it's just for an episode like i hope this totalitarian thing is just for an episode or two or you know first half you mm-hmm. know um so i'm hoping that it's tempered i i imagine you know most of the trailers that we see from any show are going to show us what happens earlier in the season because it's further along in production anyway. But mm-hmm. also, they're not going to tease how the season ends, and they're going to wait for a mid-season trailer to tease it. So, um, you know, I don't even know who's writing this season. Michael Shaban is not. Um, who, you know, for good or bad, has a deep respect for Next Generation and for Picard. Uh, So I have no idea who wrote this um, or who is the lead writer. Uh, So there's that. You know, I just uh, I'm a little concerned about this season, but uh, I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping that it's really what we saw is just half the season and we kind of get a mid season reset to kind of get back into the year 2400 um, and see some other people hopefully you know hope another enterprise guest would be great um not enterprise the show but obviously from the enterprise e or f whatever is existent now who knows um so yeah i'm a little disappointed uh you know i i I, i'm hoping that it's better than what we saw and, so, and and now and that was, <laughs> and for our listeners now that was a positive aspect of the review. Now you get to hear Johnson's rant on every negative thing about this, which uh, you know after watching this is rightfully you know I think is 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 justified. But the so, stage is yours. <laughs> I hated this trailer. I was so disappointed. I was very vocal to you about it. Um, I was just like, where to begin? You know, um, this, this time travel back to like modern day shit. I'm so fucking over it. We did it for Star Trek four. We did it for futures End Voyager. We've done it even in enterprise. There was a, there was a season three, like Zindi episode where they came back to like present time or something like that. We've overdone it. And it's like. I do not need a whole season with 21st century antics. Them trying to figure out how to drive a car, fish out of water. I I don't need that. Like, we've done it so much. It's just like, my God. Um, I really don't. I'm hoping you're right that we, that it's just like, and they can only go back and fix things. Apparently, you have a three-day limit. So I'm like, okay, maybe the max is like three episodes that they're in the 21st century because I do not need them to stay there for the whole season at all. Um, that was just, that was extremely disappointing to me because it's been so, I can't even, it's been so overdone. Like, if it's like, and the problem is it's serialized, right? So if it was like one episode out of 10, all right, fine. But we may get a full season of them in, 
2020. I don't need that, you know? So, and it always, you know, this thing annoys me. I know it's like, we're so like off track when it comes to continuity, but like at this point it's post-eugenic wars, it's leading up to World War III. We, there obviously is World War III because we got that, we saw the results of that in forced contact. So the continuity is there somewhere. World War III started like around like, I don't know, like 2025, 2020, I don't know, 2030 or something like that. So, you know, if they were trying to stick to that timeline, which they've established in first contact has happened, and we're pretending the future's end when they went back to 1996 didn't happen, I don't even know. It's such a mess. Like, I'm like, whatever. Um, you also had thoughts on uh, the I'm method not, of tra- time travel. I'm definitely not done. <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, definitely not I done. know. Um, uh, the Borg Queen. I cannot. Okay, so the thing is, um, and Annie Wershing, who is going to be the Borg Queen, is actually a great actress. I She was in, like, one episode of 24. I loved her. I thought she was great. Um, and she's been in a few other things. Um, I was extremely disappointed with how they are utilizing the Borg Queen, which basically it looks like a Borg Queen that they've captured and it's in cold storage. And they're basically just using the Borg Queen as a method of time travel. I'm like, okay, there are like 500 ways for you to go back in time at this point. Why use a Borg Queen? And for me, it's like the same thing that happened in season one. They use this like Star Trek classic villain that they basically neuter and make powerless. Like, and we already get that in Voyager. Like, I think we overuse the Borg in Voyager. And, you know, I, I feel that the, the Borg became less and less scary over time. And season one of Picard totally just tried to capitalize on the Borg and sell the Borg in the trailers. And then it was like, it was a, it was like a, it was like not even a thing. You know, it was, it was not really critical to the story. Like we got like some stuff out of the artifact and things like that. Obviously Soji was there. We see Hugh, but Hugh's kind of like a non-starter. His story didn't go anywhere. Like there's so many, I do not need to reiterate all my issues with season one, but now we get the board queen and you make a big deal of a press release. Oh, we cast a new board queen. And she's basically there to essentially operate as a time travel machine at least based on what we saw in the trailer. And I'm like, okay, great. Another way to make a classic villain feel less powerful and basically shit on the mythology that we've created the Borg over the last like 25 years. So I was just like, I had serious issues with that. And I'm just like, really? Do we really need to bust out the Borg Queen just for this purpose? I'm hoping that there's more to the Borg Queen and it's not just like, let's just use her for time travel. But I was that was extremely extremely disappointing. You're like on mute because I'm just like going off, but it's fine. Um, and then finally, no, I'm, yes. I'm agreeing with you, and I, you know, I've heard all of this from you before, but uh, you know, it is, you know, after watching it a second time, I, I too am disappointed in some some of the lack of creativity around uh, around some of this, and 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 like I said, I I still think. You know, well, we'll talk about I'm it hoping, in a minute. I'm hoping that there's more to the season. I'm hoping we see more of Q's grand plan. You know, maybe maybe there's more to just him, like, shitting on history and making things hard for Picard. You know, like, that's that's what they keep on saying. They keep on saying, like, oh, Q is different now. He does, You know, he's, like, you know, he's always there to kind of, like, teach a bigger lesson or, like, you know, his 
because Pew was like never like super nefarious. It's not like a villain in the classic sense where he's there to like make everyone stay feel terrible. Like he's always there. There's always some sort of re- redeeming quality to Q that I really like whenever he kind of shows up. There's always some, I almost feel there's always something. So I'm sure there was like something here um, that will be redemptive in what Q is doing and hope it's interesting and original. And not well, I'm boring. hoping that it's not putting Picard back into his original body. Uh, I hope not. That'd be dumb. Uh, um, but, but that's also, I've seen that out on the internet as well. Maybe the God. end, of this, maybe the end game of this is to give Picard his body back. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't, don't think that. that that, that isn't, uh, that isn't necessary. We don't need to. Was it even necessary that. to put him in a, like a golem in the first place? I questioned that choice, but whatever. Um, and then, yeah, to your point, the whole totalitarian fascist, all, all timeline, which is very like just man in the high castle. I'm like, oh my God, another thing that's like so overdone. Um, I don't and know. Also like, just a little too real. You know, I, I get that Star Trek has pulled from current events to inform episodes or to inform a theme or something along that lines. But you know what? I, I think that the, the producers and the writers need to understand is that yes, Yes, there is that well for you to go to, but do any of us in 2021 really want to go back to that well and relive that to experience what a lesson? Are you going to teach us a lesson like the original Star Trek series tried to do through uh, through allegory and things like that? I don't think that that's really how you how this show or the a lot of the the executive producers on these shows are running these shows. They're not trying to teach a a lesson like the original series did and gene roddenberry's vision was to 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 teach lessons through these allegories so uh, you know i don't think that you need to dip into the well of recent events like no one here no one wants to relive january 6 2021 no one mm. you know uh you know we we are subjected to if you unfortunately if you pay attention to the news we're subjected to this crap all the time and star trek is two things it's an escape and it's also a, an outlet for a hope for a better future and to see them dip back into the well of well here's a dark future that that the characters need to fix i'm like no, like I really feel like that's a, you know, again, this is a huge missed opportunity. You have an opportunity to turn this whole thing around and say, let's explore 2400 where the world and the universe is in a is it is a mess, but how can we clean it up? How can we help clean it up? What can we do? You know, Starfleet's in a mess, the Romulans are back. You know, there's all kinds of things that you can do in the in the moment that you're setting this show mm-hmm. uh, to explore and to give us sort of that that Star Trek um, happiness that that Star Trek future that is um, that is better than today. I mean, I can see how they might be trying to do something different Picard because I feel that we're getting that on Discovery where you have this crew coming in and the Federation's a mess and they're trying to like fix things. So maybe they didn't want to, I mean, obviously it's like 600 years apart, but um, maybe they didn't want to kind of dip into that well of them kind of just exploring the universe and 
yeah, trying to like fix okay. things. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a that's a fair you point. I, I understand that. I I guess I just wish that the use of current events as plot lines or or you know plot plot development techniques is not really something that. Well, I think the the whole dystopian apocalyptic thing has been very much overdone in the last. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, it's in like it's we get it like everywhere. So whether it's like yeah, the boys that we just talked about, or the Hunger Games, or I mean, like name it. You know, there's like some sort of like post-apocalyptic vision of what the world is like. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I just didn't. I, I just didn't feel that it was unique you know I, I feel that like again you capitalize on all this like the goodwill of the fans and then you kind of like try to bring all these um all these fan favorite fan favorite elements together and then i don't know it was just like it didn't really obviously i was disappointed <laughs> you know yeah i just so, didn't i didn't think it was that interesting so i guess the bottom line is that we hope for better uh we hope that this some of this stuff will be minimized and that there'll be some more creativity applied and and that at least this won't take up the entire second season of Picard uh in the way that um we we do know that the uh, the show is serialized but right you know uh hopefully this is you know something that's correctable in the first half of the season and we can kind of do something different in the second half yeah we'll see um, but we'll see. Uh, and Maybe that's... I will be pleasantly surprised, but I'm not going to hold my breath right now. Yeah. So, and uh, they said February 2022. Uh, mm. But uh, interestingly enough, I think that uh, the app. Oh yeah, you saw you saw a specific date I on your Paramount Plus date app, right? On, um, uh, and I think it's gone now because the uh, I actually clicked on it to uh, watch the trailer, but I think it's February 22nd, 2022. That uh-huh. the the uh, the premiere date of Picard season two is so there we go. And, and interestingly enough, I think that puts us uh, almost to the finale of Picard season two at Chicago mission. Oh yeah. That's roughly, that's roughly, uh, well, it's somewhere towards the end of the season anyway. So, um, but there we go. That was uh, that was quite a long chat about Star Trek Day. It was, was. It? There was a lot to talk about. There was I mean, a lot to talk about. The five um, shows, you know. And uh, we didn't even talk about it. And I'm just going to throw it in here towards the end. You know, when Will did this pre-recorded interview with Alex Kurtman, Kurtzman, there is, he did drop some some interesting tidbits about a potential Starfleet Academy TV show. Okay. Um, so but... there is. But Section 31 is nowhere to be found. No Section 31, no. Yeah. No, it is not. So we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, he I mean Alex Kurtzman does keep things close to his to his vest and does not share a lot, but I thought it was interesting that they sort of teased or talked around this whole idea of Starfleet Academy. Um and it's, it, it, it too is also very scripted that interview with oh my god Will and yeah. alex but um and it kept so there on going that... <laughs> we kept, it like i was like it was, it was never ending it was a very long interview i was like i don't need this yeah. in my life but it's fine so there we go well there's star trek day 2021 uh the first live event of star trek day and so hopefully uh hopefully paramount plus is listening to this episode has all of our notes so oh yeah, that, totally. So that Star Trek Day 2022 will be much, much tighter and much, 
much looser in some senses. It could have been like just... two hours. Like it didn't have to be like over three hours. It could, Whatever. and it, there could have been a lot more fun and less staginess of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, anyway, that is okay. what we have, and uh, we did get some nice trailers and other tidbits. So yeah, no, totally, uh, we got some. Good there we go. So wow, we've talked a lot about Star Trek. Mm-hmm. On our and there's show. more. There's more to talk about. Yes. Yeah. So let's get into. Uh, we we're going to talk about season season two episode five of Correct. Lower Decks. Uh, a and and uh, embarrassment of duplers. This worked out pretty well. Everyone I actually like to socialize with is here. Yeah. Turns out this is the best party in the quadrant. Right. Number one. Right. Hey. Now, too late. You're my number one now. It doesn't work like that. Yes, it does. I watched it happen. No, Captain, don't do that. I want to redo. Oh, no, you're my sidekick from now on. I am not. One was my number one. Now he has to grow a beard. Great. So, yeah, Mike, what did you think about this episode? I actually also just rewatched this as well because I don't think I, I think. Oh, I my God. <laughs> I only watched this once. You know, I like to have things fresh. Uh, when I, I always like didn't want about them. Uh, you know, I. I have to say, I mean, first of all, this for me was probably the best episode of this season so far. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And and it really comes down to the Boimler Mariner dynamic. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, I think that that is, uh, that is the heart of this show. Although, mm-hmm. you know, Tendi and Rutherford are also a main part of this, but, uh, and, and certainly important in the whole scheme of things but um when it comes right down to it it's you know it's mariner and boimler and i think that the whole them etching their names into the bar just like kirk and spock apparently um, yeah was uh was a nice touch but um yeah i think that that was the the better part of this episode uh obviously everyone is talking about richard kine's uh (laughs) dupler um, voice, which is very recognizable, very appropriate, was very well done. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, so a couple of things I noticed about this episode. One, there was no cold open. Oh, yeah, that's right. It went straight into the yeah. opening. Went yeah. straight into the opening credits. Mm. Uh, so very next. Well, I mean, it, it, it all it always has a next gen feel to it, but it got right into like the, the ship shot and the title of the ship. So I felt like I was watching a next gen episode there. For what? A next gen? We always have a teaser. No, I know. Yeah. Well, but that opening shot of the ship and the, the name of the episode just oh, struck me. I, I don't know why. I think it struck me because it was the first part of the episode. It wasn't like we didn't have the, the cold open. So anyway. Got it. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed the Boimler Mariner mm-hmm. aspect of this episode. Um and I think we finally reached the reset point with everyone, right? Yeah, more or less. We've I mean, sort of we've sort of gotten over Boimler and Mariner got over their thing, and they, they yelled at each other and worked it out. And now, right now, we're back there. And then, uh, <clears throat> then Tendi and Rutherford worked out the whole fact that he's been missing a year and how hard that is to 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 happen. Sure, right. which is understandable. So. Um, 
and also building this model of the Cerritos. Super, <laughs> yeah. super excited about the Deep Space Nine mo model at the end, though. That was awesome. Uh, nice little. I was like, I'll build the Deep model. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah. I mean, those are some of my early thoughts. What did you think about this episode overall? Yeah. No, I think I agree with you. I liked that they kind of flushed out the the conflict that has kind of been simmering at the bottom of, or rather the backdrop of the story between Mariner and Boimler. And I'm actually kind of surprised that it took this long to address it because I feel we've had a few opportunities to do that, but they waited until like episode five to address it. And I'm kind of glad we kind of just got it out of the way because obviously in episode one, episode two, we saw that Mariner was kind of spiteful with how Boimler resigned and went to the Titans. So I'm glad we finally got that um, in terms of the reconciliation between them. And I, I do think that at this point, we, we get it in terms of Mariner's issues. I feel this is the third time that we've specifically talked about Mariner's kind of like fear of abandonment issues like yeah. I, it's like feelings. i get it i understand it's, like, it's literally the third time like it's literally the third time we've had this conversation this season in the last i think three episodes so like between the conversation between her and tendy the conversation between her rutherford and boimler in the last episode and then this episode i'm like okay i understand we've gone to, to, to gone back to that well so hopefully we can move on um and then as for Tendi and Rutherford, I'm also surprised that, you know, like I, I do think that um, we got a little bit of this in episode one when Tendi was kind of freaking out that Rutherford was liking pears or whatever, you know, and he was kind of like, he was gaining his memories back or kind of, you know, reintegrating uh, back into his social circle. And I feel that, that has been a non-issue up until now. Like, I feel like we touched on it in episode one and then it was kind of like, whatever. Um, and now we revisit it. And I doubt that that was effective. I just, again, I actually thought, I felt that it took a while for us to have this conversation. Um, whereas I feel that it, we could have explored it more early in the season and it, it could have had more implications because I don't really think that at the end of the day, it was that much of a handicap for Rutherford to have basically lost a year of his memory. Like he, yes, there were a few things that were inconvenient. Um, he, he started to date the trail that he didn't like, apparently. Like, you know, things like that were whatever silly, but I, I just didn't really think that they could have explored that as much as they, as they should have. When it, particularly when, it, when they made a big deal of it in the finale, you know? So, um, but I'm glad we kind of explored that a little bit. We kind of flushed it out and hopefully we can now move on, you know, in, in both of those relationships. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think, I think it, it has played out hopefully. Uh, and the other thing too, I just thought of this, but you know, Mike McMahon had already started writing this season well before all of mm -hmm. season one had aired. So some of the feedback and maybe didn't make it, it his way into this season as much as could have, um, and also, I think that because he is such a prolific writer 
and and probably ha you know the the whole crew that's that's creating this show is a little bit more able to produce this quicker than any of the other shows. I think that maybe this was this season was a little bit rushed in coming to to production and to, so? to, be, to, to being aired. Yeah, I think I think it's I think, you know, I still love season one uh, and to say mm -hmm. that we're halfway through the season and this is my favorite episode of the season so far uh, says a lot. Uh, I really like the top Paris episode. Um, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say that that That's was probably funny. my favorite, actually. Yeah. OK, Personal, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that, no. I thought this episode was also great. Um, I'm glad that we got like some of the reconciliation and resolutions between the characters and the the party at Space Dock or whatever. Yeah, that was Luna class and above only. Yeah, uh, you know, I heard some people say that that seems a little inauthentic for Starfleet in the 25th century. A bit elitist, uh, but we got to see Captain Shelby. Yeah, a and her first officer is. Uh, thank you, Aaron Harvey, for the the information. Uh, oh, I don't remember. The, the her first officer is the drawing of the original Saru. Oh, um, oh, interesting. So uh, how they first envisioned Saru before uh, discovery. So that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, and also one other piece uh, that uh, I think Dayton Ward or someone or David Mack said. Uh, the space station is uh, a Vanguard class space station, which is part of the book series. Oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah. Um, so there is that. Uh, Nerds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, you know, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Still, still great, you know, still, still great. Oh, yeah, you know, the other thing, the other, the, the car chase scene, well, I thought was way over the top and, and perhaps a little bit long. Uh, but the first part of it that I really enjoyed was uh, them driving through the casino, mm -hmm. which was obviously a Quark's takeaway, or maybe even it was Quark's. I don't even know. Uh, it was Quark's. Then it went to the barbershop. So we saw Mott's barbering mm -hmm. everyone. And then we saw a fine men's clothing store a la Garrick. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, nice little things there. We saw... Uh, what people are saying is Alex Kurtzman in a, um, oh, really? in a Captain Pike wheelchair. That Oh, um, I know it's the Captain Pike wheelchair, but yeah. that was supposed to be Alex Kurtzman? No, I don't know if it was or was not, but uh, uh -huh. that, that, there's some some of that. We saw Gorn. A Gorn we saw Gorn. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Gorn is the name of, you know, of the character or the species or both. I can't remember, but... Uh, Gorn. no, Morn, Morn, not Gorn. Sorry, oh, Morn. I was uh, Morn, um, in the crowd running out of the way. Um, and also the fish people were from TNGs. Yeah, the uh, what was episode. on an episode. I don't remember yeah. the name of it. So, uh, all these nice little touches, but I did think that, and maybe, then the birds, the, the that's the on birds. the anime series, which I've yep. never seen. So, I don't, yeah, I don't no, know uh, uh, I knew awesome. it must have been some sort of reference. I just didn't get it. Yeah, and, and definitely some discussion about which of the two bird species that were in the animated series it was. Oh my god, I can't. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah, you know, I, I, and the data bubble baths, the data bubble baths. I mean, so really. Amazing. 
um yeah it was just uh and also it's uh becky becky mariner and and you know one of my favorite lines out of this whole thing was boimless saying of course you did when she says yeah i used to live here yeah she's been like stationed every station every ship yes yes she and Um, she's had like nine postings and how old is she supposed to be whatever yeah we don't know but she's still an ensign and uh well black don't crack so who knows who knows how there we go uh so yeah i just i thought it was a fun episode um yeah you know i I, i'm happy that they've reconciled i i'm the dupler part of it was kind of over the top and it was silly but i liked it it was silly yeah Yeah, it was silly um i like the first scene where he drops the fork and everyone's like, uh oh. And then Ransom throws his fork to to save the day. So yeah, it was, you know, I'm uh, I think I'm more excited. I'm hopeful and excited for the rest of this season to see what happens mm-hmm. now that we've sort of gotten the final reset, I hope. Um of this uh of this universe, and we can get into some craziness with Borg and crystalline entities and who knows what else? Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much all I have on an embarrassment of duplers. Anything else for you? I don't think so. No, it was a it was a good character episode. It was a good, we we got some great scenes between characters, some good action. I mean, it was silly, but I liked yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I have to say that the the ending scene of the Cerritos crew in the dive bar. Oh. feels uh feel felt great you know it felt good you know it felt appropriate and and the right place for them all just yeah. being together so yeah i like that um so and, and the fact that carol talked to her daughter and to boimler at the same time yeah um was surprising they so were hanging out so they were hanging out nice. at a dive bar and, and yeah. i do i did really like this the the etching of Boimler and Mariner and Boimler next to Kirk and Spock. I think that that, and I love that. I love the discussion that ensued on the internet because everyone was trying to figure out when Kirk and Spock could have yeah, been. Yeah, I, I didn't think that. that hard about it. I was just like, I whatever. didn't either. I was like, sure, I'm sure that they probably did. Although, um, I would imagine that they ended up at the bar much later because Kirk is a schmoozer and and would be. The other thing too, this is in my head canon, but I also think that the captain's club back in Kirk's day was a little bit more tighter knit, sort of like uh, even back in Enterprise's day, um, when uh, you know the captain's club of Archer and Hernandez and um, the guy that was supposed to be the captain of the Enterprise but eventually lost it. Like I think that mm-hmm. there's this more like clubby feel to being a captain back then but mm, i can um, see that but you know whatever you know kirk and spock were there great yeah um that was great yeah it's yeah. good i enjoyed it well there we cool. go cool all right um well uh let's what see gonna, what we're gonna say i was uh, i was forgetting that i'm i'm the lead on this episode <laughs> I was waiting for you to do your 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 little piece, but uh, no, that you I normally was waiting do. for you to talk about a sponsor. Well, yeah, there we go. Like usually, you introduce me to talk about the sponsor. All right. Well, uh, Mike, but talk no, about a sponsor. it's done. Done now. <laughs> now we're here. 
Uh, we want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Fansets for sponsoring the Trek Geeks Podcast Network and Deep Space Pride. Uh, I know that a lot of people have been waiting for their Discovery Season 3 uh, communicator badges. And uh, Lou and the team posted today that they are getting those out. The last of the shipments are going out possibly one of the most popular pins that they have ever sold. I don't know, but Oh, really? Um apparently a lot of people were were waiting for those. So um but they have a lot of great pins coming out this fall including and announced and I think I mentioned it last week. Uh there is a Star Trek 2 Delta uh coming out mm-hmm. uh in the near future that'll be a definitely a hot item and uh so pay attention to fans that's social media for when that's coming out. Cause you, if you want that, you'll want to get it quick because it will sell out. Uh, but if you go to fansets.com and put a bunch of pins into your cart, uh, if it's over $30 in the U S you're going to get free shipping and then use the code DS pride, all caps at the end of your order, uh, you will get 10% off your order. And we want to give a huge shout out to John and Lou and the team at Fansets for supporting Deep Space Pride and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Thanks, Fansets. Yay. All right, let's wrap this up before I lose my voice. But <laughs> this is a long one. We had a lot this, to talk about. We did have a lot to talk about. Johnson, how can our amazing listeners get in touch with us? Yeah, well, you can all reach us on email or on social media. You can email us at deepspacepride at gmail.com or you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at deepspacepride and we will do our best to respond to you if you reach out. There we go. Well, here we go. Uh, Episode 49 in the can, uh, our one-year anniversary. And uh, next week is episode 50. Yeah, wow. another milestone. Well, another milestone. So yeah. thanks, everyone, for listening us to Gay Geeks blather on for well over an hour about, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, about Star Trek. Uh, it's a great time to be a Star Trek fan. I mean, who we've never had this much Star Trek to talk about ever. It's a lot of Star Trek. And we didn't even really talk about the books or anything else that's happening. Um, but uh, a quick note about the books, uh, Star Trek Coda comes out uh, the end of this month. That's part one of three books that will wrap up the literary oh, universe yes. and yes. bring it in alignment with the current TV universe. So and I also just saw a quick thing also that there are multiple Star Trek films going on at Paramount um, being worked on. I mean, aren't some of them kind of in limbo? I mean, the only one that I feel is really active right now is the one that's being directed by the guy who did WandaVision. Yeah, I, I, but I just saw a news article that said there are multiple. So I don't know what, what that means, but all, I'm, all, all that is to say, it's a great time to be a Star Trek fan. Everyone should be able to find something that they love to watch a lot of star trek um it's a lot of star trek and uh so we are super happy to be part of the people that you listen to to talk about this so thanks for listening to us for the last year and uh here's to many more 
We'll see you. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Many, many more years. Yay. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. And we'll see you again next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Deep Space Pride is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.